The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. John chapter 3 and verse 16 is often used in the religious world to try to prove some kind of free will salvation. But in this message entitled, God Loved and Saved the World, preached by Elder Buddy Abernathy back in 2020, we learn that the word world means something different than what the religious world thinks it does. Today we hear the first half of this sermon. I hope you'll stay with us to hear the second half and to understand the truth about what John 3.16 really means. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
I want to entitle my message today, God Loved and Saved the World. And we want to read from John chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17. Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now I'm sure this is the most familiar verse in the Bible, at least in our country. Unfortunately, it's also probably the most misunderstood or misinterpreted verse in the Bible. And there are two things about this verse that people misunderstand. And I want to try to look at those two things today. Now, most people look at this verse, and here's how they interpret it. They believe that God loves everyone and that Jesus came and died on the cross for their sins. And anyone who will believe on Christ, anyone that will confess their sins and ask for forgiveness, will then be saved and go to heaven. That sounds good. That sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Just think about that in comparison to any other subject you would consider. Maybe you were studying a particular philosophy at school. That sounds very reasonable. And that seems to be what the verses say. But in order for us to interpret it correctly, we're going to need to, first of all, understand the meaning of the word world. Now, this is the part where I recommend that you try not to turn to all the verses, but it might be a better idea just to uh, write down the reference, and you can uh, look at it later. The word world is used about 250 times in the Bible. It is used 80 times in the Gospel of John. I didn't realize that until I actually did a word search. Now, in the particular copy of the Bible that I have, the Old and New Testament together is printed on almost 1,400 pages. And the Gospel of John takes up 33 of those pages. Now, here's the point I want you to consider. The Gospel of John takes up about 33 pages of 1,400 pages of Scripture, and yet the word uh, world is used in the Gospel of John one-third of the times it's used in the whole Bible. 30, uh, rather, it's used 80 times in the Gospel of John, 
And in the whole Bible, including the Gospel of John, it's only used uh, about 250 times. So this word world is a, a very important word just in the Gospel of John. And as I study this word world, the first thing I conclude is that it must have more than one meaning. Other words, the Gospel of John alone will not make sense. So I want you to consider the ways in which this uh, word is used in the Gospel of John. First of all, it can be used to simply refer to the earth, the planet in which we live, or the planet on which we dwell, this physical earth. And here are some examples. In John chapter 17 and verse 24, Jesus in prayer to the Father said, Thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. That's talking about the earth, isn't it? Before the foundation of the world. In John chapter 1 and verse 10, it refers to Jesus and said, says among two other things about the world, that the world was made by him. And you know in the book of Colossians, it says uh, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In John chapter 9, verse 32, it says, Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? So we have so far a scripture that refers to before the foundation of the world. We have one that refers to the fact that the world was made by Christ. And then here in John chapter 9, verse 32, uh, in reference to uh, a man's eyes being opened, it says, since the world began, we've never heard of this. So all of those three are obviously talking about this physical world. In John chapter 16, verse 28, Jesus says, I am come into the world, and I leave the world. Chapter 12, verse 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. You know, we often say this world is not my home. We have another home, which the Bible sometimes refers to as that world to come. Heaven's a place, a real physical place. John chapter 21, verse 25 is referring to all, that's the last verse, by the way, of the Gospel of John. And it refers to all the acts of Jesus, and it says if all of his acts were recorded in books, that 
uh, the world itself could not contain the books. That's obvious that it's talking about this physical world. And in John chapter 13, verse 1, Jesus speaks of departing out of this world. Now, we'll go ahead and tell you that the world of John 3.16 is not the world we've been discussing so far. Obviously, uh, it would be nonsense to say that God so loved this physical world that whosoever believeth them should not perish but have everlasting life. That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? That makes no sense. And I'm just trying to establish in your mind that the word world has different meanings because we have been programmed, even those of us that have been raised among the primitive Baptists have heard it repeatedly that John 3.16 refers to everyone in the world. So I'm just trying to open your minds up to the fact that the word world has different meanings. Another way the word world is used is in reference to uh, this kingdom of the world that's at odds with the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus referred to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Well, this world also has a kingdom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And here's the world I'm talking about now. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of God, but is of the world. Now, that's not talking about the physical planet, is it? That wouldn't make sense. Just think about this physical earth on which we live and then quote that verse. Love not the earth, neither the things that are in the earth. That, and then he describes the things in the earth. That's not referring to the physical world. That's referring to this kingdom in this world, this kingdom over which... Uh, Satan reigns as he's described as the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience in the same way that the kingdom of God is an invisible kingdom in terms of its operation and the movement of the spirit among the Lord's people. In like manner, there is a spirit of the world that's moving and in operation, and everything about it opposes the kingdom of God, and we sometimes are under the influence of this world. Whenever you're given to the lust of the flesh, or the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life, you are living under the influence of this world kingdom. John chapter 12, verse 31 says, Jesus says, Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. 
That's speaking of an invisible world, isn't it? In John chapter 8, verse 23, Jesus says to those wicked Pharisees, he says, you are of this world. I'm not of this world. John chapter 16, verse 33. Now this could be referring to the physical world or the kingdom of this world. It says, in the world you shall have tribulation. Now as long as we're in this physical body on this planet, we're going to have tribulation in the sense of disease, aren't we? But also when it comes to this sin-cursed world system and those that would those that would persecute Christians it's also in that world that we'll have tribulation in 1 John chapter 5 verses 4 and 5 Jesus speaks of how our faith overcomes the world so here's two different applications the physical world in which we live and the kingdom of this world, the, the sinful world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the one where the prince of the power of the air is influencing. And then there's one other application in the Gospel of John. And that has to do with actual people. Now this could be broke down in two ways. And it is broke down in two ways. And this is what will be very important to our understanding of the world of John 3.16. Sometimes the word world refers to the inhabitants of the earth in a general way. Sometimes it, but then under that heading, sometimes it refers to God's people, and sometimes it refers to the wicked, unregenerate men of this world. Now let's consider that. In John chapter 7, verse 4, Here's some verses regarding the inhabitants in general. They say to Jesus, show thyself to the world. That's not referring to the physical earth. That's not referring to this spiritual worldly kingdom. That's speaking to the people in general. Show thyself to the world. In John 18, 20, it says Jesus spake openly to the world. In chapter 12, verse 19, it says the world is gone after him. See, those are just some general statements about the inhabitants. In John chapter 17, verse 6, notice this. Jesus refers to the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Now this leads into what we really want to emphasize to show you the word world when applied to inhabitants, does not always mean everyone. Now here, he refers to the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Now in this verse, the world does mean 
all the inhabitants, but the thought is introduced here about some men which God gave to Christ out of the world. In other words, this doesn't embrace everyone in the world. So now notice uh, some of the uh, plain teaching in the scripture regarding those that were taken out of the world. And while that may refer in John 17 to some of his apostles or followers in particular, yet I want you to notice this principle. John chapter 4, verse 42, says Jesus is the Savior of the world. Now I want you to think about this as if it were everyone, and then we're going to show you how that wouldn't work. Jesus is the Savior of the world. John chapter 12, verse 47, Jesus said, I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Now consider at this point, if the world here means everyone, then there can't be a hell. John chapter 1 verse 29, uh, John, I believe it's John, points out and says, The Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. If, If that world means everyone, then they are saved. Their sins have been taken away and everyone for certain goes to heaven. Because that's what the Lamb of God did. He taketh away the sin of the world. John chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus says, The bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. In John chapter, or rather, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says, Listen to this now. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now somebody may say, Brother Buddy, what are you going to do with that? How, how do you fit the doctrine of election in these verses? Jesus is the Savior of the world. He came to save the world. He's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He giveth life unto the world. And He is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world. Well, look first of all at 1 John. Chapter 5 and verse 19, now keep this thought in mind. Both of these passages are in 1 John, and the one in chapter 2, verse 2, says that Jesus is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world. Well, listen to 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. There's no way the expression whole world means everybody because John says we know that we are of God. We are of God, but the whole world lieth in wickedness. That that proves clearly that the the expression whole world doesn't include everyone. But furthermore, notice what would appear to be a contradiction. Jesus is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world. 
but the whole world life in wickedness. See, if you, if you try to say the word world, even if you say that the word world only as it applies to people, if you say that it always means everyone, then the Bible's going to appear to have contradictions. And here's one great advantage you have as a primitive Baptist with regard to the doctrine of election. It will help you tremendously understand the usage of the word world in many places. Because you'll see that those verses that may seem to contradict don't contradict at all. You know, we use the word world in a limited way all the time. We talk about the sports world. See, the word world means everyone in a particular category. Not everyone without exception, but everyone that hold something in common. Now, not only does it say there in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, that the whole world lieth in wickedness. Notice also in um, John chapter 14, verse 17. Jesus speaks of the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Okay, if the word world means everyone, then John 3.16, our original text, says God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, this text says the world does not have the ability to receive the Spirit of truth. Now, if you don't have the ability to receive the Spirit of truth, how are you going to believe the truth? That wouldn't make sense, would it? Listen to this, John chapter 17, verse 9. Jesus says, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. That clearly says, just like 1 John 5, 19, that clearly says that the world is not everyone because Jesus says, I don't pray for the world, but here's some people I, are, I am praying for. I'm praying for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And then in uh, John chapter 15 and verse 9, Jesus says, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. So there's another one that shows that there's two different worlds when it comes to people. One more. 1 John chapter 4, verse 5. And you'll notice that every verse I've referenced is either in the Gospel of John or 1 John. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. 
That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J, C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.